Michael Spence is a resident writer in the 2008 Jack Straw Writers Program. In this program, you'll hear selections from his interview with curator Judith Roche. Michael, tell us about your current project of poems based on bus riders. This is one of those things where I think a lot of people who are involved with writing sometimes don't realize the material that's right in front of them. And I've been driving buses now for over 20 years and only started writing really seriously about that in the last couple of years. I got to thinking, these are pretty neat stories. And it would be really interesting to see if you could put them into a poem that would be concise enough to keep things moving along, but also get some of the actual je ne sais quoi of the experience. (laughs) Some of the poems that uh, that mean the most to me have elements of lyricism, but also a narrative line of some sort. There's something that goes on that is carried out to some sort of an endpoint, maybe not ABC, but uh, there's some, there is some change that happens from the beginning to the end of the poem. And there are just so many neat things that you can do if you allow yourself to combine elements that at first don't seem to be uh, very poetic, I think. Now you'll hear excerpts from Michael's live reading at Jack Straw Productions. I've been driving uh, public transit buses in the Seattle area for 20 years plus, almost 25 now. In a job like this, you can imagine, in fact, you probably hope, there is a fair amount of training involved. And... (laughs) And there are an awful lot of classes that we take uh, through the years, refresher courses, one sort or another. The most unusual class I ever took was called Assault Avoidance Training. And it inspired in me a very short poem, which is the following. And its title is, The Bus Drivers Attend Assault Avoidance Training. At its conclusion, the instructor asks the throng how this class has helped. The logic isn't faulty, when one in the back grins and says, as long as I'm in here, no writer can assault me. (laughs) One of the other good things about trying to write about something like this uh, is you get to invent all kinds of, or mash them together, which is sort of what I've done in some of these, various voices and various incidents to make one what you hope is a whole that will hold up. And this is a poem about one of the more unusual, but uh, there's, there's a type of, of passenger you'll pick up. And this is in his voice instead of the driver's. It's entitled, Just a Vessel. I see the driver reading as I board his parked bus. You want something really good? I ask, forcing a smile. Just try the Lord and his book. The Holy Bible has withstood the test of time. It's the best bestseller. I unzip the leather cover. Sun glistens on its gold-edged pages. Too zealous, I think of myself. The driver barely listens and says like a banker, refusing me alone, no thanks, I'm agnostic. (laughs) Sitting down, I try, God believes in you. The words drown in the noise of his engine starting. My tailbone begins to hurt from my stiff posture. I hate to proselytize. Does God truly exult in them who spread his joy? To pass the gates of heaven, I offer weekly. The wise consult the book and find the truth of God's word. Doubt is something all of us must wrestle. He grunts. Distracting me is a safety hazard. (laughs) Slumping, I mutter. I am just a vessel of the Lord. I feel tired. When did the well of my faith begin to dry up? I am torn by the selfish need to see a sign. Hell, the driver yells, slamming the brakes, his horn blaring at a pickup heading straight for the side of the bus. 
I sit up. There's no one behind the wheel. I can see it's too late for us to dodge it, so I just hold on. The truck slams whomp. Cursing, the driver parks. We climb out to look. This moment frees us from our routines. As he rubs at the dent marks, I see painted on the tailgate, Jesus. <laughs> that actually did happen to me. Uh, strange as it may seem, that's exactly what happened. Um, what was funny was that uh, I was trying to avoid, I saw the truck coming this way, and I was pulling into a stop, and I thought, okay, well, he's going to take a left and go ahead of me. He's just cutting me off, like people do. And, uh, but then I looked over and nobody there. I thought, whoa. So instead of hitting the brakes, I tried to hit the gas to miss him, but hit me anyway. So. But they didn't charge me with an accident, so that was good. <laughs> um, also, the good thing about, or interesting thing about driving a bus, you get to see plenty of unusual drivers on the road and some fantastic uh, driving abilities, you could say. <laughs> this is about one of those people I've seen many times. This is just a personification of many folks. It's entitled Interstate. Zagging between the semis, cars, and vans without a turn signal, he switches lanes the second he's entered one, as if to throw a demon off his scent. But who could follow his swerving four-by-four? What does he flee? He drives as if distance were the enemy, his wake a swirling cloak of blue-gray smoke, the ghost of where he used to be. Rock, blasts from his cab as though a band he's kidnapped is wailing for release. The driver is trapped by speed and other limits. They're only slaves. To part the sea of obstacles, he waves the wand of his longest finger, conjuring their anger, the elixir that makes him young. <coughs> this next is kind of a strange piece for me. It's a dialogue. Um, so I'll just read it, and you can make of it what you can. It's called simply Rider Driver Q&A. You like this work? It's a stupid job, but someone stupid has to do it. How long have you been driving buses? Too long and not long enough. What's that supposed to mean? For lots of years, but not enough to quit. Are you saying you're too good to drive a bus? I'm saying everyone is too good for it. <laughs> Don't you ever question how you grew so gloomy? Listen, death, the only question is, do you want to transfer, or will you ride with me to the end of the line? <laughs> I'm going to end tonight on a, a poem, a little bit longer poem. Uh, this is one of those things that, which is fun when you're a writer, as most of us know in this room, no doubt, that you're sitting around not thinking of anything in particular, and suddenly a phrase pops into your head, and you, maybe you heard it from somebody else, and maybe you didn't. And I heard this phrase, or it occurred to me, and don't forget the fruit. I thought, that is the weirdest thing I can think of. And then I started thinking about it more, and started trying to work on a poem about that, and this is what came out. And don't forget the fruit. Miss Fragnoli climbs the slick steps. The rain is light, though steady. Old Seattle Plain, she tells me with a sigh. Little drops, but lots of them. The first rider I stop for and the last to leave, she always takes the spot across from me. After she shakes the water off her orange umbrella, she sits carefully in the Lonely Heart seat, the place where people park when they're full of need for a priest in this confessional on wheels. 
Although small and 70, she doesn't lament an awful life. Like a key whose twist removes a set of ankle chains from the slog of the hours, her comments train my thoughts on the world beyond the windshield. Worn as a Labrador, but well-heeled, she says, umbrella poking my gym bag on the floor beside the fare box. The fabric sags as though collapsed in sleep. It's never bit anyone, I joke. Our conversation flits to exercise. I tell her a life behind the wheel can lead to a life that's all behind. She waves a hand. Some drivers, oh my lord, I don't see how they can get aboard without the wheelchair lift. <laughs> now me, I swim a dozen laps a day. That keeps me trim. The image of this tiny woman kicking the water out of the Y pool brings a smile to my lips. Back when I had my car, she allows, I learned how stupid people are. My bumper sticker declared, I oppose adipose. <laughs> when I laugh, she grins. No one knows what that means these days. A man asked me if I was against slouching. <laughs> Dictionaries must now be foreign as the Rosetta Stone. I tell her I watch what I eat, though I'm prone to chocolate binges. It always seems that sweets are what lead one's diet to defeat. Eat vegetables, and don't forget the fruit. I still have all my teeth. She shows me, then hoots at her display. I say I usually take an apple, grapes, something to chew on my break at the end of the line. Along with the candy bars, she teases. The bell rings. I edge some cars and stop at the curb. A man with a keg of a beer gut comes up and climbs off as soon as the door opens. I call out that he still owes his fare. Turning around slowly, he gives me a stare, then slides a hand deep into his coat. I feel a dryness tightening my throat when he says, Know what happened to the last bastard who told me to pay? I cut him. Somehow I'm stirred to lean and reach into my bag. You know what happened to the last guy to show me a knife? I shot him. <laughs> he licks his lips, taking a step away, and nearly trips as he hurries off. When I lean back, I hold a banana in my hand. <laughs> a wave of cold goes through me, a grin frozen to my face. Miss Farnioli laughs as her umbrella traces an arabesque in the air. If he'd gone haywire and come back on, I'd have punctured his spare tire. Thank you very much. podcast was produced by Jack Straw Productions as part of the Jack Straw Writers Program. The 2008 curator of this program is Judith Roche. Music performed by the Karan Kajita Jazz Quintet and recorded as part of the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. Producer is Jenny Cecil Moore. Recording engineers are Mo Preventure and Tom Stiles. Narrator is Amy Broomhall and executive director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rabinowitz. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, Poncho, the Mayor's Office of Arts and Cultural Affairs, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, the Washington State Arts Commission, the National Endowment for the Arts, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening.